0: Hello, welcome to the Relevant Faith Podcast. My name is Frank Mastretta, and on this podcast, Pastor Troy Wallace and I have Bible-focused, Jesus-centered discussions about what it looks like to live as a Christian in today's culture. If you have any feedback, want to ask a question, have a topic you would like us to talk about, or just want to be on the show, you can email us at relevantfaithpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out Crosspoint Adventist Church on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash crosspointadventist and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash crosspointadvent, that's A D V E N. Be sure to watch the Crosspoint Worship Service live stream at our website at crosspointadventist.com Saturdays at 1130 a.m. We hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Well, welcome everybody back to another episode of Relevant Faith. I'm Pastor Troy, and I am joined today by one of our church members, Allison Grove. Allison, or would you like to say hi to our audience?
0: Hi, everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Allison and I have known each other for just under a year now. I think yeah. I started in November, but got to know Allison. She helps out with Our praise music at church, and um, she attends our classes, and she's a very engaged person. She's always helpful, and so um, I invited Allison today to come and share with us a little bit of her journey. She has a unique journey, and I know that this conversation is going to bless somebody out there. Um, So, Allison, to start, why don't you give us a little snapshot of your journey with Jesus, your life, you know, little the the panorama view of your life and your journey with Jesus?
0: So I guess I'll start with, you know, I grew up in a seventh Adventist home. Um, and third generation. Uh, my grandparents are also Adventists and my whole family, in fact, like everybody close to me is. Um, and so it was definitely a a lifestyle, you know, as a Christian. Um, and so growing up, it was a lot of uh, basically just taking on my, my family's belief. Um, and so my relationship with Jesus really didn't start for me personally until, um, I would say until like high school,
1: Uh.
0: um, up until then it was a lot of just, you know, I went to an Adventist, um, academy. Um, and so, you know, all through elementary school as well, it was, it's very much like ingrained in, in your life. I mean, I was involved in Pathfinders. I was involved in, um, church, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, for me it didn't really hit until high school and that's when um i had a bible teacher that was really passionate about um spreading the gospel and and to to teaching us to not just be on the sidelines Mm. and to really get engaged with god Mm -hmm. um and that for me just really sparked a new like I don't know, an energy within me. I was very excited about mm. um, becoming friends with Jesus. Mm. And uh, I think it was my freshman year. Um, he had us all in his Bible class. We did a series of meetings at the academy. And so I got to preach my first sermon. Wow. And I'm telling you, it, it, it changed me. Like, mm. Um, mm. to be able to, like bless people, to see just their reaction to, to finally get to know God through me. Um, and it was not my own doings. You know, this was all God's work through me, but that definitely brought me closer to God. Um, after that, I did a couple of more sermons on my own, um, and I remember the first time, uh, doing a sermon at my own church, I did an altar call at the end. Wow. Wow. And like, I was, I think 14 or 16. And I remember this couple came forward for baptism and I was so humbled by that. Um, just because like I saw God working through me, using me and I was not just sitting on the sidelines anymore. I was not just taking on my parents' faith. Like I got to know God personally myself and such a humbling experience. And after that, like my life was changed in the sense, like that was my
1: Mm.
0: realized that's why I'm here on earth is to bring people closer to God, to, to have that relationship. So that's, that's kind of like where my journey um, had started is really in high school.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, once you start to take that ownership, it really changes the way you think about faith and the way that other people respond to you, you know, you preaching and leading and sharing. I mean, that's just encouragement, you know. That's awesome that as a high school student, you are in that position to be able to do that. Yeah. Isn't Isn't it strange for the first time too when somebody does respond to your altar call? I don't know if you had this experience, but the first time i ever was doing more evangelistic preaching where i was making calls and stuff i think i was a little cynical in my own mind of my of the responses i might get and then people started coming forward and i was like really like <laughs> like like something i said actually compelled somebody somebody to come forward or at least some somebody was responding to the spirit that compelled them but through my words and it's it almost shocked me did you have that experience yes
0: i totally had that experience like it was almost like you know i'm i'm still a child at this point but it was almost like oh shoot what do i do now like, yeah. <laughs> i was not expecting this yeah but, uh, totally it was humbling cuz Just to know, like, that was all the Holy Spirit. Like, because I'm sure I stumbled over my words. I'm sure my legs were shaking and I was nervous the whole time. Um, For sure.
1: But that was all the Holy Spirit. So Yeah, that's that's so cool. So, like, it sounds like what you're sharing, that your faith, you know, really skyrocketed at that point. Um, Did it continue at that pace or, like, what was next in your journey, you know, onward? So... At that
0: point in my life, I really I thought that God was calling me to be a Bible teacher, and Oops. I really wanted to, you know, graduate. I was hoping to eventually go to Andrews um, and become a Bible teacher, but it was also around that time that I really started struggling um, with my identity and with my sexuality because I had hit puberty, and it's like my whole world changed. Um, Leading up to that point, I knew something was different. I knew that I was different. I didn't exactly know what it was, because Mm. um, being in a Christian home, I, I like to say that I was very sheltered. And in a way, I think my parents did a good job of raising me in a Christian home, um, but at the same time, like, I didn't know what was wrong with me growing up mm. and that led to a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety because I didn't fit in. And I think as a kid, that's something that you want so much is to just fit in, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so once puberty hit and I was realizing that, uh, I was not like other girls. In fact, I liked other girls, <laughs> um, it made it really difficult. And so, um, throughout high school, like I really struggled in the sense that, man, I want to become a Bible teacher, but at the same time, if anybody was to ever find out the secret that I'd been hiding, that wasn't going to be possible. There was no way I was ever going to be allowed to be a Bible teacher. Mm. And so I really struggled with the idea of coming out Mm. Because of this, I thought I had this calling to be, to become a Bible teacher. Um, Wow. And so I held on to that secret until my 21st birthday. And then I came out to my family um, just because there was a lot of, a lot of fear behind it. Like I was preparing myself to be disowned. Wow. I was preparing myself. Like I made sure I had a place to live before I told my parents that I could move out and just not have to basically deal with it. Um, because I had kind of come to terms with it myself, but I knew that to my family, to my friends, um, this was all going to be new. And so,
1: um,
0: yeah, it was, (laughs) it was a difficult, very difficult time in my life. Um, and it's crazy. Like I know I'm not the only person that's gone through this, but um, at that point, when I did come out, um, it it hurt me how much the church was not necessarily there for me.
1: Uh.
0: Um. In fact, it was more of the opposite. It was you can't be a part of this church anymore. You can't take part. I can no longer play for church I can't sing for church I can't be a part of the youth group I couldn't like it was you were you can be seen but not heard um wow and it just it killed me inside because I felt like God was calling me to do his work somehow like he'd given me these talents that I was no longer allowed to use mm. um so you got sidelined yeah and it, it it definitely hurt, like i I did not have a good experience with my family. Um, I lost a lot of friends that I was very close with, and it's just crazy how the people that you thought would always be there for you just disappear.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> it was hard it was it was really hard. So how did your family respond? Cause then you mentioned that the church pretty much rejected you and sidelined you and you lost a lot of friends, but what about your, your parents and your siblings?
0: Unfortunately, um, it seems as though when I came out to my family, my brother and I had an amazing relationship, friendship growing up. He was my best friend. Um, we hung out all the time, talked all the time. Um, growing up, you know, and if if ever my brother and I were to fight or whatever, my mom would always set us down afterwards and remind us that, you know, Jordan, your sister is a gift from God, mm-hmm. and Allison, your brother is a gift from God, and that was always just in the back of my mind. And he really was my best friend, but it s- seemed like as soon as I came out, we just we drifted apart so quickly. And I don't have the relationship with my brother, like, like I would like. Mm. Um, And with my parents, you know, same thing. I understand that it was difficult for them because I'm sure they had ideas of what my life would look like. You know, I'm sure they they dreamt of what I would be like someday and what what my wedding would look like someday or you know, what my family might look like someday. And that's all very different now to them. Um, But they were not supportive. Um, They had me go see a, well, I was seeing a therapist at the time because I was really struggling with coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, uh, I think it was three or four months before I came out, um, I tried committing suicide. Uh, uh. Wow. And I almost wonder if maybe that's where my brother and I drifted apart because he found me and picked me up, threw me in the car and took me to the hospital. Um, And I know that was traumatic for my family, but I just, I, I felt like I couldn't deal with it. You know, I didn't know how to deal with it. And yeah. then after coming out, you know, I've, attempted to take my life two other times since then and a lot of it stems from how my family reacted uh. and how my church family reacted um i had church members that would come up to me after church and stop me and corner me and you know some of them would just want to pray for me which is fine. Like at that point in time in my life, I'm like, please do like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to handle this. And of course, leading up to this, I'd been praying, you know, Lord change me, like, take this away from me. Like, this isn't how I'm supposed to live. And, mm. you know, if there's any way, cause I, I know that God has the power to make me straight. I understand yeah. that he can sure. do anything. Yeah. However, he has not taken it from me. And so part of me is feeling like that's, um, that's something that I wouldn't wanna say like, (sighs) let me think of how to to word this. (laughs) I (laughs) wouldn't say I'm trying to justify being gay, but I feel like he has allowed this to happen. For me to help others.
1: Hmm. Like a ministry. Yes. To people going through what you've gone through.
0: Yes. Because I understand. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that has been cornered in church being told that you're going to hell. You sure. know, your sins are going to, you know, because of your sins, you're going to hell. And And honestly, like, that does more harm than good. Because, I mean, you you eventually believe it. And I did for a long time. I thought I was going to hell. I thought that there's no reason for me to be here on earth. Like, why go through the struggles of life if I'm just going to go to hell anyways? Mm. Um, Wow. And I remember sitting in church during a, a Sabbath school class. And there was a gentleman speaking. And he was talking about how sinful the world is. And that week he had witnessed two guys kissing and he just wanted to kill them. And I locked eyes with the pastor and started bawling and walked out of the church and he stopped me and was trying to tell me that, you know, it's not his fault. He doesn't understand. I'm like, why are you stopping me? But you're not stopping him for what he's saying.
1: There's yeah. something messed yeah. up about that. <laughs> Good point. Good point.
0: You know, and Somebody's so. Somebody's
1: preaching about murdering <laughs> people.
0: Right. Like, why is that okay? But for me to walk out of church after hearing that, it's not okay. Um, yeah. So it was a struggle. Like, a lot of people think that being gay, a suicide, uh, uh, or a, a side effect of it is suicide. And I'm like, no. Suicide is more of the effects of how people treat those that are gay those you know and um so there was a period of my life after I moved away from Michigan out to Oregon that I was still just really torn with the idea that I'm going to hell um Mm. and so I decided that I was going to look for a church once i moved out here and to oregon yeah to oregon and i ended up visiting about 12 churches um and then kind of was just going back with back and forth between Hillsboro and beaverton as to like the two churches that were closest to me um but i really hadn't found like a home church
1: mm-hmm. and
0: at that point um I was thinking, like, okay, may, well, maybe church isn't for me. I wasn't feeling very included. People were very standoffish, and I just, it's almost like, why do I keep putting myself in situations to, to be, be judged? Why do I?
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, why do I keep putting myself in these situations thinking that I'm, you know, I th- think I'm doing what's right, but at the same time, I leave feeling so empty, so hurt.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think what one question that comes to mind when I'm when I'm hearing you share your story is like, what made you continue believing and wanting to believe in God? You know, like at some point, did you ever come to the point of like, I'm just gonna pretend like He doesn't exist, or I'm just gonna reject Him? If God, God, if you're gonna like allow me to go through this, I give up on you. Kind of, did you ever have those kind of thoughts and feelings?
0: I guess i my 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 thoughts weren't necessarily that i didn't believe did, but I thought that he had given up on me mm. um and there was you know a few times like i tried leaving the church like i wouldn't i wouldn't go for like a month and something would happen to my car or whatever. And I decided to pray about it and all of a sudden it's magically fixed. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so like, you're still there. I get it. You know, like, and so I would go to church for like a week or two and then I would not go to church. Cause I'm like, you know, what's the point? I just, I feel worse after going, like I keep doing this to myself. And, um, it wasn't necessarily until well, even then. So it was about, I would say, shoot, six, maybe seven years ago now. Um, I had a friend from Andrews that was going to be flying out to Oregon for this Gays in the Family seminar. And my mom heard about it and really wanted me to go thinking that it would help me. And I didn't want to go and it was being held at the conference center and I thought it was going to be very negative. I didn't want to be a part of that, but since my friend from Andrews was flying out for it, I wanted to see him. I'm like a familiar face, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I went to it and it was okay. Like, um, But it wasn't until, I think it was after the meeting, but before like the potluck, I was standing in line and a member from Crosspoint Church uh, introduced herself and told me that she thinks I would really enjoy their church and I should try, you know, visiting it sometime. And I'm like, okay, well... You know, I've visited lot of churches. I probably have seen it before. And she's like, oh, it's, it's the church that's behind the movie theater on TV Highway. And I'm like, okay, I haven't seen that one. I'll mm-hmm. have to check it out next week. So the following week, I go looking for this church and drove around for forever, trying to find what looks like a church, not <laughs> knowing that it's going to look like a warehouse. <laughs> and well, yeah. once I found it, I, I walked in and was greeted by three ladies that were very excited to see me, which I was just like, you are like, you don't even know me. (laughs) They introduced me to all of their friends. Um, they had me sit with them during church. They invited me over for dinner after church. Um, I spent all Sabbath with them and then invited me back to church. And I'm like, this is the first time. And I can't even tell you how many years I felt accepted felt Mm -hmm. loved felt wanted you know and so I continued going back even though I was still struggling with you know I'm not sure if I want to go next week like this is this isn't gonna last and so like there would be a week or two I'd miss and and then I would go back and oh we've missed you and I'm like you have (laughs) Like, like this is this is a good feeling but I was still struggling like I just wanted to feel accepted I just wanted friends And it was around that time that I had um, broke up with my girlfriend at the time that I actually moved out here from Andrews with. And I had switched jobs and I just started making friends with my coworkers who weren't exactly the best influence on me. And so they would invite me out Friday night to hang out or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And so, you know, it, it didn't take long before, like, I just wanted to be accepted. I just want to make friends. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: started going down that road of pulling away from the church. Mm-hmm. And I really started struggling again with like, okay, like these people are nice, but you know, I don't even know if God's there. Like, I know he's there, but like, is he there for me? And, um, I was still having like really struggling with my parents at the time. We were fighting a lot and, um, I got to the point where I remember it clear as day. It was Sabbath in June. It was the second Sabbath in June. Um, and this was, I want to say five years ago now, um, I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to live anymore. I was so torn between my happiness and what my parents think I should be, what the church thinks I should be. Um, and I remember calling my parents to say goodbye. And they ended up staying on the phone with me for about three hours. Wow trying to convince me, no, we want you to live. Like, we'll get through this. It's okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. Like, I'm not okay. You know, I don't think I could live with how people talk about me, how people judge me. I don't know if I can get through this. And I remember hanging up the phone with them and my mom had convinced me, she said to, you know, just drive to church just get to church just go inside you can sit in the back and so I drove to church hmm. and I sat in the parking lot for about a half an hour and never went inside hmm. and I ended up going home and, and I ended up cutting my wrist and I remember being in the bathroom just crying out to God to let me go.
1: Mm, wow.
0: Wow. And I cut my wrist so deep, like I could see the tendons.
1: Ugh, ugh.
0: But it would not bleed. Really? And I was getting angry. I was so mad at God. i just just let me go. I remember just yelling out, let me go, and he wouldn't let me go. And all of a sudden there's a knock at my my door and um come to find out someone had called the cops on me. <laughs> which honestly was the best thing that could have happened because um, they were doing a wellness check. And it wasn't until I opened the door for them that my wrist started squirting blood everywhere. Oh, my goodness. At that point, help was already there. So
1: It's so crazy.
0: <laughs> I, I believe, like, he, you know, God was fighting with me. You know, I'm yelling at him to let me go, and he's up there like, no, I'm not done with you yet. I don't think you understand how this works, Allison. I'm not done with you. Wow. And incredible. Um, the cops took me to the hospital. Um, and I remember laying in the hospital bed in ER and the cop was still with me. And I remember telling him, you know, I'm so sorry. This is probably like the last thing you want to do on your Saturday. And he looked at me and he's like, this is exactly what I want to do on my Saturday. I'm going to sit here with you until you're admitted.
1: Mm.
0: And so we sat there and chit-chatted for a while. And, and then I was admitted in the hospital and spent some time there, which I definitely needed. But it was, it was a growing point in my relationship with God. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. um
0: yeah he literally
1: stopped your bleeding
0: (laughs) he literally stopped me from bleeding and I remember being um sewn up the doctor was really surprised at the fact that my hand was still functioning the fact that I was how deep it was and the fact that I didn't bleed out um he's like you know if you just would have twisted your wrist just a little bit like it would have been way worse. Like you wouldn't be here right now, and I'm just blown away how that argument with God—you know—he <laughs> <laughs> saved my life.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And
0: uh, at that point, i i wanted I wanted him back in my life, and it made me realize that it wasn't that God wasn't there; it's that I wasn't leaving room for him to be there Hmm. Hmm. he didn't he didn't leave me i left him
1: um unpack that for a minute how did you come to that realization
0: i came to that realization shortly after getting out of the hospital it i was at church and i remember being in the front row the you know praise team was playing music and um, I think we we're having like a garden of Prayer type session and so everybody was really quiet and we' were just all silently praying and I just remember crying out, God I can't feel you I, I know you're here but I can't feel you anymore. I used to feel your presence. I just want to feel you again like
1: mm-hmm.
0: let me know that I'm still your child that you still love me I, I just need to feel that. And it was it was then like that I really started to feel his presence again. Like mm-hmm. I opened that door for him in my heart where I'd shut it before because I was so hurt by people, not by him.
1: Yeah. So the reaction that you were afraid to receive from people kind of got projected onto God. Like you're afraid yeah. that he would treat you the same way or he did treat you the same way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I. Wow, that's so incredible. Like our human, I guess, like can, our human imagination of how God treats people because of certain categories is so wrong to how he actually is.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and And in so many different degrees, like in your story, and I've heard so many countless other stories where... People have shared things where they just thought God was going to, God had written them off like they had gone too far. They had committed the grievous sin or whatever it was. And God gave them a sense of mercy that they didn't understand. You know, it's like right. a sense of like, hey, like I don't even care about this thing as much as you are afraid that I care about it. You know, and it's just powerful to see that side of God in a new way you know it's transformative yeah um well wow thank you for sharing all that that's it takes a lot of courage to share um that openly you know on things that are so deep and and you know obviously there's such strong feelings attached to those memories i'm sure um yes i think i i at one point i wanted to ask you a whole bunch of questions about how you kind of reconcile scripture with your sexuality but i think we might be able to do a second part so if you're open to it i'd love to do like a part two with you Um, okay so i think what the question that i want to kind of jump to now is how could the church have responded in a way that would not have caused all the pain and damage that it did that we can learn from today like all of our listeners who are Believers, non-believers, how can we relate to people that are going through what you experienced in, you know, as far as sexual orientation or identity or all these other things that would have spared you a lot of the pain you experienced?
0: Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I think for me, I would have to say... To stop trying to, to change someone. Whether Mm -hmm. it's you know being gay or someone that is struggling with addiction or someone that is struggling with, um. What we consider sins, um, I don't think that's our place to change people. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the Holy Spirit working within someone that that changes a person.
1: Mm Mm-hmm
0: um and i think if the church could just be there and love on people and show them christ's love mm. that leaves room for the holy spirit to do the work yeah um that's powerful yeah i think that's something that even for me, that's something I'm working on because of how the church treated me. I never want someone to feel that way. And mm-hmm. I've kind of made it my mission that I'm always going to welcome new believers, welcome new people to church and want them to feel accepted. Um because that that's what God's asking us to do. You know, he he came to this earth to remind us that we're to love our neighbor, um, not to come to this earth to show us how to be like the Pharisees. Right.
1: Yeah. Pointing out the fingers of everything that's wrong with the the people around us. Right. Um, And I do think, you know, just to add to that, I think that people in general know exactly what God is trying to work on within them, and it's just coming to the place of, like, surrender when the Holy Spirit really starts to do that change. Because, you know, if I think about my life or the many people that I've interacted with that have shared their journeys with me, most people know what God is trying to, to, to work on in their hearts, but they're resistant. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they don't want to change it or they justify it or they, like, deny it or whatever it may be. But then it comes to a breaking point where the prospect of not changing is worse than the prospect of changing. And that's usually the tipping point where the Holy Spirit's like, okay, I told you this could have been easier. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I love that. Um, You know, there's always a place for truth, but uh, you cannot place truth for the expense of love. Yeah. It has to be truthfully done in love like i'm sure you've experienced in your marriage when you know you want to talk to your your spouse about something you have to say it truthfully but you love that person you know it's like right there's that very very fine line um because sometimes truth hurts but sometimes love hurts too (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah Mm -hmm. well allison um we've got so much for people to chew on in this episode. And I'm sure there's a lot of questions that will be unanswered, but uh, when we jump into part two, um, we're going to try to dig into scripture and your journey with scripture. Um, But thank you so much for joining and sharing your story today. Um, Would you be open to me praying for you uh, as we close? Yes, that'd be awesome. Okay. God, we thank you for your your kindness to us, your mercy, your tenderness, your acceptance. Um, you see us and you know us uh, way more deeply than we ever see and know ourselves even. And uh, you show us a kind of love that we so desperately need, that the whole world really needs. Thank you for keeping Allison um, firmly within your grasp and in your hand and for sparing her and rescuing her um, from disaster multiple times, from even from the from death, Lord, you you rescued her from even that, and uh, we pray that you continue to grow her faith, leading her in her calling, and helping her to discern your word and your voice in her life. Um, thank you for uh, the blessing she has to other people, and Lord, we pray that you just keep journeying with her, um, whatever the next things are for her and and, you, and your calling in her life. Just lead her to that. Bless all of our listeners, and may the Holy Spirit just do what the Holy Spirit does best, which is conform us into the image of your Son. That's what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Allison, thanks for joining, and wait for part two, everybody. All right. Jesus came into the world announcing that the kingdom of God had arrived in him. Culture wants to have the kingdom without the king, but Jesus is as relevant today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. Thank you for listening as we wrestle with how to live as disciples of Jesus in our modern culture and to share our relevant faith. God bless.